If you've been following along in this series, Five Soul Care Gifts to Give Yourself This Year, you've known that we first talked about space and solitude as the first gift, honest reflection as the second gift, and then there's today's gift. Today's gift is the mindset, so to speak, to have as we do the first gifts, as we step into those gifts. It is something that has transformed me in this last year, and I can tell you There is a huge transformation happening in the women I'm working with right now around this concept. I cannot wait to talk to you about this because I really believe it is revolutionary and there's not too many people talking about it. So let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful spiritual inspiration for women like you who want to overcome their obstacles discover their true potential, and find lasting joy and significance through a relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle, and I'm so excited to encourage you on how you can live the full, vibrant life that God has planned for you, the life that you were meant to live. So find a cozy spot, and let's get started on today's episode. Hey, welcome back to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I'm your host, Bible teacher and life coach for women, Alicia Michelle, and I am here to help you connect with God. I'm here to help you renew your thoughts and to live a confident, balanced life. This series, I hope, has been a huge blessing to you as we've been talking about five soul care gifts to give yourself this year. These are meant to be, especially in this time as when we're recording it, as a time of, of winter and reflection, a time of Advent, Christmas, New Year's. They're meant to be a time for you to have this little mini retreat, maybe replenishment, especially after moving from such a challenging year into a new space. That's one of the most beautiful things about the new year, right? We're not literally, nothing literally changes in our lives in terms of anything except for time. It's an opportunity for us to say, all right, I'm starting over. It's these, it's a built-in opportunity. So I love that the new year and the advent and combined with winter allows us to look at these deeper issues, and to begin to accept gifts like this. So we've talked about uh, two of the gifts so far. Um, One of them was space and solitude. That was the very first episode that we talked about. So if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to listen to that one. And the other one from last time was honest reflection, the ability to look back and to feel what we're feeling without having the answers, being able to sit in the pain without us trying to fix it, with God being the one who has to bring that true spiritual healing. So again, a little reminder that all of these gifts that we're talking about, of course, take huge amounts of bravery and courage, and they take patience. They take an opportunity to step into more growth. And so I encourage you that even if they feel intimidating, taking them one at a time, just letting God grow you in these areas is a massive, massive shift and a beautiful thing. And also, I want to encourage you that we are talking about opening these gifts, meaning putting them into practice within 24 to 48 hours of listening to each episode. So if you are binge listening, if this is something that you know, you're know you watching later on and they're all out at one time, or even just watching a couple at a time, I, I encourage you really to stop and to begin implementing one part of this, one gift and then what, listen to the next episode so that it really does allow you to move forward into action because I don't want you to just receive the gift and not open it because that's not going to do you any good. Truly moving forward, applying it, taking action, this is the part of the gift that's going to make a difference. So 
also wanted to let you know that I am putting together a resource in 2021 coming at some point to help us talk about our minds, our thoughts, our emotions, which a lot of these gifts you'll see revolve around. And so I'm mentioning it, I'm mentioning it here in this series so that you, if this, if this kind of stuff intrigues you and, and pick, piques your interest, that you can say, huh, okay, and be on the lookout for what's coming. And I also encourage you, if you are interested, to put your name on a list that I'm forming of women who would be potentially interested in being a part of the first run of this kind of a course. It would be something that would help us manage our mind, help us manage the inner critic, help us deal with these these thoughts that plague us, these these things that keep us from rest, the things that are that are truly not that are hindering us from being our best before the Lord. And so in order to do that, I need to start, you know, I want to make sure that what I'm putting together is helpful to you. And so I have some ideas of things that have been, I've learned working in my coaching practice, in my own life, um, obviously through the coaching training I have, and I want to be able to put those together, but I also want to have them tried and tested before in this specific format, before the women, you, before, you know, before we hand it out. So would love for you, if this is piquing your interest to put your name on this list, you can just go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. And that will take you to a page where you can enter your name and your email address. And like I said, we will be reaching out to those ladies when this first round of it comes out so that you can potentially be a part of shaping this future resource for other women. And of course, going through the experience yourself. So I hope you check that out if that's something that resonates with you. Well, we're moving into gift three, of course. And today's gift, as we've said, the gifts kind of are growing on top of each other. You can't have this each gift without the, the gift from before. So coming from space and solitude, making the time to be able to listen to the Lord, honest reflection in that time, being willing to be real about the pain and let the Lord speak and not have to try to fix it or come up with a quick answer, but to just sit and let that happen. In that space, there is a mindset that I highly encourage anyone who's going through this process to step into, and it's the word compassion. Compassionate care is the gift that I want to give you today. Compassion feels strange. I'll just say that up front because we have all kinds of baggage, especially if we are women who want to do great things, who want to work hard, who have been told to just push yourself to hustle your whole life. Compassion seems kind of wimpy. I mean, I'm just being real. It seems kind of like, mm, yeah, but then will I be able to still be my best? Like, does that mean I'm going to be lazy? Does that mean I'm not easy? I'm you know, just easy on myself, getting myself getting away with excuses. So kind of weird emotions come up when we talk about compassion. And that and those are the first responses I had because I was like, wait, what? No, no. Like that's gonna get in the way of me meeting my goals. And if that's the case, then I don't have anything to do with compassion, you know? Like, but isn't that revealing as to how we motivate ourselves? We motivate ourselves by saying, just push through it, just keep going, stop complaining, don't worry about it. So this last year and a half has been really, for me, an encounter with compassion and both, like I said, in my life and in my practice, because I've seen it come up and 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 just over and over, it's like, nope, yeah, there's compassion again. This is something we need to talk about. So let's talk about what compassion is and what it is is how it's transformational and why it's transformational. So compassion is what I see it as 
is, first of all, from a godly perspective, the Lord is compassionate. He is kind. He is merciful. This is part of His character. And in a minute, I want to read to you some scripture verses that share about the compassion of the Lord. And so when the Lord has a specific character trait, as believers, we are called to imitate Christ. When we see the Lord having these character traits, it's a little prompting from the Holy Spirit, like, mm, that's something you need to adopt too, right, sister? Right? <laughs> like, We can't pretend that those aren't things that we need to give. And now we are very quick to offer that kind of compassion to others, perhaps. Maybe that's the first way we try to offer it, and we or we feel like we need to offer compassion. Maybe it's not just like a, a, a desire, but it's like a guilt, like, oh, I should be more compassionate for that person. But as we'll talk about in a second, if we want the compassion to flow for others versus a harshness or, or a, a frustration, impatience that we have for others, what is so powerful is that we need to consider what is that compassion level inside for our own selves? Is that there? Because we cannot expect to give what we do not have. If we are not giving ourselves compassion, if we are treating ourselves with this, be quiet, you don't have time for that, you know, just keep going. It doesn't matter if you're in pain, whatever. If that's how we have dealt with emotion in the past or have been modeled to us, or that's just what we had to do to survive, we can understand why it's difficult and why we may be acting in, in harshness or more frustration than perhaps we would like with those we love. So we're going to dig into that into a minute. But first, I wanted just to say that compassion is, again, a characteristic of the Lord and that it's part of who we are called to be as daughters of God. So let's go through some of these scriptures on compassion. I want to start with this one in the Old Testament. It's from Exodus 34, verses 5 to 7. This is within the story of Moses. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive inequity, rebellion, and sin. This is the Lord we serve, right? He is a compassionate, loving, caring God. This is the God that even in the Old Testament, and I'm not going to go over, there's some other verses, there's probably four or five other verses that it's the same kind of concept of God being slow to anger, quick to be full of unfailing love and compassion. There are several verses in the Old Testament, other stories that say almost the same thing as this. There is this revealing of God, of who He is. I love the verse in Psalm 103, 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Can you imagine your father like that Abba, that, that daddy that we can sit in his lap? He can be tender. He can be compassionate. Even if that wasn't a father figure that you had in your past, we can all imagine what that's like to have that kind of a daddy loving us, taking care of us in our pain, and that we can come and be with him through these times, as we are sitting in the uncomfortable places, that He offers us loving compassion. And then I love the Psalm 145 verse 9. It says, The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of His creation. Beautiful gift. 
we can see how the Lord provides for every part of his creation, his trees, the plants, the birds, everything works in a beautiful symbiotic relationship together. It's so amazing to see the harmony of the seasons, the se- just how everything works together, how God's perfect plan works out in creation every day before us. And it is him showing compassion for the needs of his creation. And that includes us. We are part of that creation. And then this was a verse that really hit me hard when I first read it and first learned about it, because you see the this, the character of God as being compassionate, but that there's a requirement for us, for us to receive that compassion, what we have to do. And it's Isaiah 30, verse 18. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. There is this responsibility that's put on us. God is, um, as I've told you before, and I had an old pastor who always said, God is a gentleman. He's not going to come force himself on us. And in the spirit of kindness and compassion, he is going to wait for us to recognize our need. And the rest of this chapter in Isaiah talks about, but you would have none of it. You would return to your own gods in Egypt, and you would decide that you were going to be satisfied by money and all these other things. So we have to sometimes be in these broken places for us to really recognize and accept and sit in compassion, to recognize our need for it and to be truly transformed by it. And speaking of transformation, there is a beautiful process that happens that Psalm 112.4 describes, that light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. This verse has been something that I've been meditating on lately about how I want to be as a woman of God. I want to be known as generous, I want to be known as compassionate, and I want to be known as righteous. Isn't that refreshing to think about? That's the gift that we have from God. He exemplifies it. He gives us the ability to have that. And what powerful, potent gifts those are to give to the world. Generosity, compassion, and righteousness. And that allows us to shine in the darkness. Wow. Powerful. Then I wanted to share just some some stories from the Gospels themselves, the stories of, of Jesus, God in flesh, living out what it means to be compassionate to his creation. Matthew 9, verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He sees us that we are in a world that's broken and difficult and confusing and painful, and we hurt each other, and, and we have all this this stuff that we deal with that we maybe we didn't start, you know, like the old Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire. Like These are things that have been burning and, and, and dwelling, but we now are going through and experiencing. And yet God says, I see you in that. And I'm so sorry, right? He feels the compassion for us. He gives us that compassion, knowing what we experience and that ultimately we were not made for this world. And that is why this world does not feel like our home. It's not our home, friends. And we need to stop pretending like we're going trying to find a home here. Of course, we're trying to, it's okay to have peace and God gives us that supernatural peace, but it's a peace not from the things of this world, right? It's a peace that comes from beyond. It's a piece of, of, of heavenly peace. It's a part of our inheritance of co- what's coming in the future. And then there's this beautiful story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, verse 20. And the story, you know the story of the son running off, spending his father's money, living life the way he wanted. And what always strikes me in that story is the father's response. The father had every right to be angry at this son who did 
all these things selfishly, who, who lived the way he wanted, who, who squandered his inheritance, who, first of all, asked for the inheritance before he was even supposed to get it. It's kind of like, you're not dead yet, dad, but can I have your inheritance? Like a <laughs> little presumptuous, but he goes and he does whatever he wants with it. He's not respectful with this gift that he's been given. The father definitely had a reason, had definitely had cause, I should say, to be angry, to be frustrated, to be upset. And yet, here's the response we see, this this supernatural, beautiful response. The prodigal son, it says he, in this sentence, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, he embraced him, and he kissed him. We don't know what the prodigal, of course, this is, this is, this is a, um, not a true story. It's, it's, a, it's a parable Jesus was telling. So, you know, we can imagine that the father may have had frustrations. He may have, have seen, yeah, this bothers me. Yet, through this supernatural power, he is able to just offer love and compassion. And friend, that is... That is the gift that God is giving you as you sit in these painful, potentially places. He understands. He sees it. So I wanted you to understand that that's the God that's with us. That's the God who's modeling compassion. That's the God who's offering us the gift of compassion in our pain. And that's the gift that we get to put on like a, like a, a beautiful dress. That's the gift we get to wear as daughters of God, the gift of compassion. And like I said, that gift of compassion really goes hand in hand with acknowledgement. So often when we go through pain, we, we got to, like we talked about last time, we want to push through it. We just want to go by it. We don't want to really address it. And we, if we do address it, we address it from the standpoint of, oh gosh, this is here. I hate this. Why can't I just get over this? Why is this still something that I'm working through? Haven't I learned my lesson? Don't I know that this is what uh, always happens when I go down this path? Why can't I be different? This is the place where we, we can't receive compassion because there is this harsh voice in us. Now, we could talk a long time about the harsh voice which some people call an inner critic. I've done a couple other episodes on the inner critic where we've mentioned this, so I'm going to refer to that in the show notes. But something that I've noticed in relation to compassion and the inner critic is that those who struggle with the inner critic often are critical of others. They're critical of themselves, of course, that's the inner critic, but they find their own frustrations in their relationships and often they find themselves being critical thinking about a couple of different clients that I'm working with right now who are frustrated because they want to represent themselves differently to their children, but they find themselves in these pattern of being harsh. And of, of course, it's all in love. They want their child to be the best they can be. They want their child to achieve or to be better. And yet the ways that they have allowed themselves to achieve and to be better is through this harsh voice saying, get over it, stop complaining, get to work and stop doing this. Now, I am all, all, and you, if, you, if you knew me in person, you would know, I am all about working hard. I am all about definitely being willing to sacrifice for what you want. And yet, like we're talking about this both and thing, at the same time, I've been learning a lot and God has been speaking to me a lot about compassion, that it, we cannot bypass what we're feeling and and 
to just push through and yell at ourselves to get through it and to suck it up in order to get where we want to go. Because we will not get where we want to go and arrive with the right mindset that we want. We may accomplish it. We may be able to check off that box, but will we have the peace? Will we feel the release? No, we will just have accomplished it. There's a difference. So I'm challenging you today. And again, these are tricky, hard places, but if you feel like, I'm so harsh, like I wish I wasn't so harsh, or you struggle with having compassion for others, I encourage you to step away from dealing with that first, just kind of putting it to the side and going to a deeper level and saying, how do I speak to myself? How do I allow my own harsh voice to take over? Is God's voice of compassion in me? Is God's voice of compassion saying, I feel you, I understand, let me help you through it. Let's talk about a a, a way to acknowledge what you're feeling and to move towards the goal. Let's talk about what that can look like. Let me sit with you in it. So I pray that that voice is something that you can identify. What is the tone of that voice? How are you trying potentially to push yourself versus letting God heal and have compassion for what's hurting so that you can move to the new place you want with grace, with fullness, with vibrancy. So that comes to our question for today. These questions are part of the gift. And as I have said in the beginning, I highly encourage you to apply these questions within 24 to 48 hours of the time of listening to this because we want to take action. We are women of action, not just women of theory and talking about these nice things. The gift cannot be unwrapped unless we go into action. So here are the questions. What is my inward response to recognizing pain? What do I do when I feel pain? Do I hear a harsh voice in response to it? And if so, what does it say? What is that voice saying? What are the thoughts? What are the, what are the words specifically? Also, what is my first response when others are in pain? How do I respond? What do I do? And where might I have heard these types of voices in my past? What experiences have helped these voices to form? Maybe it wasn't something specifically happening or someone specifically saying it to you in that way. And maybe it was, but maybe it was just, I learned that I didn't have time to be compassionate for myself. And while that definitely could have been true in your past, something that's beautiful is that we have the gift and the opportunity to always go, all right, that helped me get through the past and thank you. That helped me survive in that moment. But is this in line with God's word for me? Is this true still, number one? And number two, is this still serving me? Is this still how I want to respond? Is this still the way I need to be? Is this still my best? And if it isn't, I get the opportunity to choose a new narrative for that, don't I? I get the opportunity to be different. And that's a big hint into what we're going to be talking about for the next gift. But we have the responsibility to be in charge of how we respond to what's happening in us. And it doesn't have to always be what we've been taught, that we have the ability to change it. And we know we have the ability to change it because we've been transformed. We've been given the best gift of all. We've been given the impossible gift that could have never been happened before. We've been given salvation. If God can offer us salvation, 
if he can redeem us from death, do you think he can redeem you from some of these things going on and your harsh voice and the inner critic and all of this? Don't you think he has the ability to do that, friend? He does. He does. So I want you to have hope in that today. So again, big things, big things to consider and think about in today's episode. And I am praying, and I, we will pray in a second here, that the Lord's gifts, these gifts that we're talking about, would be blessings, would be opportunities for transformation and change. So let's let's pray right now. God, again, what a gift you have given us in compassion. It's a gift that we are confused by because we want things to be done and we don't have time to be sad or compassionate or to, to feel what we're feeling. I admit that I, as you know, have been guilty of that in the past. And so I continue to ask you to reveal to me in those times when I just want to get my answer and move on. I don't want to have to really understand and acknowledge that this was difficult and acknowledge the reason why it's there. I don't want to have to do that. I just want the answer. So forgive me for that. And I pray that as these women dig into dig into the truth of compassion, that it is the very heart of who you are, that they would begin to allow it to awaken in their own hearts that they would see the gift, the pure beauty of compassion, and that this gift of giving ourselves compassion is a gift straight from you, and that it is the, the linchpin to understanding how to be more compassionate and caring and loving to a very dark and hurting world, and especially to those around us. So Father, speak powerfully, speak clearly, and Again, we rejoice and celebrate even now for the good things you're going to be doing because of just simply the gift of compassion. We love you, Lord, and we give this time to you, Jesus. Amen. Ah, friend, such good stuff that the Lord is giving us in this series. I'm so excited to be able to be experiencing it beside you, and I pray that you have had the time to really absorb and enjoy all of these gifts. Well, we have two more gifts left, and so I am looking forward to to opening that gift with you the next time we meet, and until then, have an amazing week. I'll chat with you soon. Bye-bye.